Mikey. Dave Holmes, how are you? I, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the unanswerable question in 2020. I think okay. I think okay. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, trying not to stare directly into the abyss. You know, mm. trying to just do yeah. the thing with a paper plate and a, and a pinhole in it. And just Hard do, not uh, to do that touch, when touch of it. the abyss is everywhere and ever the expanding. all around us. Oh, it's all around us. The abyss is doing a brisk business in 2020. Oh, but that's okay. That's okay. Because we have a brand new episode of Homophilia. This interview, folks, you are going to love. Oh, um, I talk about a breath of fresh air. A real breath of fresh air. I had a suspicion I would get along with Ross Matthews, and we both did. He is such a legitimate charmer. Um, uh, the name drop is the book. He's got a bunch of great celebrity stories. He's just, he is a, well, he's a goddamn bundle of joy. We love him. We love him. We love him. But Matt, uh, without any further ado, you know what we're doing yeah. right now? Listener, we are, we're getting into it. It's 2020. Times are tough. Things are difficult. We need a, we need a distraction. We need a, we need a sexy distraction, quite frankly. So we're talking about our first times. Last week, it was two fumbling 13-year-olds under a, a basement staircase. This week, Matt McConkey. It's this week it's uh two fumbling 14-year-olds in a Great. bedroom in Ohio. And before before you dive in, I do want to just uh remind the listener um, that we we want your stories. We've gotten a bunch of great ones. I'm very excited. Mostly they have been text to homotheliapod at gmail.com. I am very excited to do some character voices and get into them in the coming weeks. Same, same. I'm so excited for Reader's Theater. Uh, and all those stories are going to be better than what I'm about to tell. I'll just uh, lower the bar for you right now. It's tough it. to follow, Dave, because your story was... So well-crafted and just, uh, you know, it was just riveted. This will be whatever the opposite of riveting is um, because I was a kid. My first time is a non-thing because I was like one of those just, I just exuded gayness and, you know, I, for as long as I can remember, anytime I'm having a sleepover with with like multiple male friends, there's like, weird you know stuff happening in the sleepover which uh, is okay normal set the scene set the scene what's what's the like what's i just i remember a a, sleepover i remember a lot of like going to a parent's friend's house and and the the other the boy and i who were the same age um would like go hide under his bed and under the friend under the bed and not french kiss no, because wow. all we were friend, Frenching as best we knew how to French. And I got at what, a, and at a, what age is this again? I, I couldn't even tell you what age. I, I'm, I'm guessing we're in the like the nines and the tens. We're definitely like prepubescent. Tens, sure. But uh-huh. like I just always had like uh, I, I don't know where I got my ideas about like sex and stuff. I think it's just I watched a lot of like soap operas and R-rated movies and you know all the yeah. stuff you do when you're growing up in the 80s and um and I think I was just mimicking that but um I but there are countless experiences like that where it was just like there was just an understanding and it was totally mutual where it was just like oh we're going to you know we're going to get 
as sexy as one can be when you are sure at age. It's also I know it's creepy and problematic to talk about when you're a child, but I'm talking about my own childhood, so I I guess I have yeah. A- It's acceptable. It's acceptable. So you're at, is there like a cocktail party going on downstairs? Yeah, it was like uh, my, yeah, the, uh, it was like the other like cool parents who drank kind of thing. They would go over there, but then, but also I would have friends sleep over at my house. Stuff would happen. Let me do the math. It's like 89, 88, 89. Probably like late eighties, early nineties to mid nineties. Okay. Either way, Paula Abdul is on the uh, is on the cassette player. She is the soundtrack one hundred percent. And then, as I'm entering like high school, and now we're firmly in the nineties, um, I have like I have a friend who is like essentially a fuck buddy. And as soon as we are like the the, I, the dream we're, scenario, we're like messing around as as we're going through puberty and just sort of fumbling through it. And then as soon as we are like able to do so, we're doing everything we can. We're just sort of like checking it off the list. Like, have we done sure. all of the the acts that one can imagine? Uh-huh. And it if if anyone is thinking this sounds hot, I want you to just kind of reset your mentality there because I assure you it was not. And the other thing is like, I don't even think we were really attracted to each other. It was just kind of like, well, this is what we got. So I guess we'll do this. And I was also did uh, in high school doing this weird charade where I was like, not really dating girls, but, but like having crushes on girls that I, so I could sort of pine over them and cast myself as like the, like the lovable loser who's, who's unlucky in love kind of thing, which was all just a, a front for gayness, of course. But I would literally like leave a party and this friend would come pick me up. He was a year older. So he drove before I could, and he'd pick me up uh-huh. and be like, how was it? And I'm like, Oh, well, Brandy and I kissed and, you know, I'm afraid she's going to tell her boyfriend because uh, he is older and he clearly doesn't <laughs> like, you know, I like, I'd like give him the download and then we would go home and fuck, which, but it was just never, it was never talked about outside right. the moment that we were doing it ever. And what are the, um, what are the emotions? Are there emotions? Zero. Zero. Uh-huh. I mean, the fr- friend. There, there is a, there is love because we're friends. But I believe on both sides, it's sort of like this is just a means to an end, and right, the, we are each other's only viable sort of safe option. So um, that was that was going on as long as I can remember. Even uh, like I'd say the first year or two of college when I would come home from break, um, you know, I'm getting laid. Uh huh. So in that sense, I guess I did have like a good amount of practice by the time I was actually like dating and out and stuff. So again, it's a non-story, like I said. Oh, but the one thing that is worth mentioning is that I, I, we did sort of get too comfortable with it. And at some point in high school, I had one of those houses where there were just like people coming in and out all the time. Nobody knocks on the door. Friends come over and see my parents when I'm not there. There's always work being done. There was like, like construction people walking in and out of the house. And um, there was always like just work being done and loud noises and, you know, all that. And there was one day that, that we just like locked ourselves in the bathroom and I think took a bath during the day while there were like guys working literally right outside 
the bathroom door. We were not even concerned about what they saw, what they thought, didn't give a shit. And sure enough, I find out later through other like friends who kind of stayed in my hometown that the rumors started flying and, 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 and this guy who did a lot of um, work at our house was married to um, the woman who owned the dance studio in town and he tells her and then she tells this other friend and the, you oh, know, the so woman who suddenly, owns the dance studio in town is going to let everybody know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the gossip was flying, but also people were like, Oh, the kid who like, dressed up as Snow White in preschool, the kid who had a Wizard of Oz collection that was on display at the public library. Like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, this tracks. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's my story. So this good news gentleman, is, where is he now? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I want to say Florida. Uh-huh. Um, okay. we, have, we have lost touch. I mean, there's no bad blood. I mean, I'd love to hear from him. Um, but he's not really on social media. So it's smart. What was the good news though? I, I, I told oh, the good news is that everybody of the, the stories that are coming in about first times are much better than what I just oh, gave you. I can it. assure I you curious, though, as to how, how the situation is addressed the first time between you two. Oh, like, I know was it just a thing. Was it, it just pheromonal? Did you just like yeah. understand? It it was always this act of like it always started with this act of just kind of like we have a sleepover, you do whatever you do with like we're like we listen to music, we order pizza, watch movies or whatever, we go to bed. I have a I had a like a like a king size bed or something. So we very quickly did away with the idea that like he'd sleep on the little, little like sofa that was in my room or bring or on a sleeping bag. And it was just like, Oh, we're sleeping in a bed together. And that's just yeah. what we're going to do. We've known each other since we were eight or nine and now we're in high school, but who cares? And, um, and so then there, there's like lights are out. You go to sleep, you pretend to sleep. And then it's in there that then you're like slowly reaching over. You're waiting, for, right. you know, you're kind of like both, just like very tentatively inching toward each oh. other until stuff is happening. Wide awake, wide awake, aware yeah. of every centimeter of hand and foot movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, I know it well. So wow. that's it. And that's n- no, at the time were you just like, I'm doing this because I am gay or I'm just doing this. Cause I weirdly, I think that, I think that I did have a sense that it was like, Oh, I bet every like all the guys in my high school are doing this but mm-hmm. it, and it's just sort of a, a, a means to like um getting off or something but it doesn't but this is not our identity i think that right. was a, a sort of a rough understanding i had but mm-hmm. by senior year it was like the jig is kind of up um i think we know what I, you know what this is yeah and then I, right after senior year, I go away, I go to NYU, which is the gayest place on earth. And I'm, I, you know, I have the truly the most anticlimactic coming out because well, sure. everyone there is gay uh, until proven otherwise. Right. So for me, the um, uh, seventh grade sex ed at my Catholic all boys school, the, the, uh, the textbook was sex, sexuality and you. And and the the desire for touch was uh, was called flesh hunger. 
Remember, there was a chapter flesh on hunger. flesh hunger where and it was they explained that that's why adolescent boys tackle each other and and gravitate toward contact sports and, you know, whatever, all those sorts of things is it's flesh hunger. And it's not it's not homosexuality because that doesn't really exist. That's like a phase you might go through, but you'll grow mm-hmm. out of it. Anything else that happens is explained away as flesh hunger, which at the time I was like, okay, sure. Well, you wrote the textbook, so you must be right. Now it's like, what the fuck kind of pathologizing of normal human desire is that? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a zombie or a bacteria. Yeah. You know what I mean? Flesh hunger. Flesh hunger. (laughs) We should change the name of this podcast to flesh hunger. To flesh hunger. I think we these are at least at least this is the flesh hunger. It's it's flesh hunger month at homophilia mm-hmm. because we're gonna have continue you know raking in everybody's first yep. time flesh hunger stories. Yeah. And- Send your first time slash flesh hunger stories to homophiliapod yes. at gmail.com. We've already got a bunch. We are so excited to dive into them. Um, oh, we're also, also- uh, want to remind you, please review, please. Uh, you know, five stars only, obviously. And obviously. We, we, we'd love for people to uh, start your review with your version of a log line for the show, whatever yeah, sure. that may mean. Um, yeah. You know, Drew Ben 71 wrote one. I'm just going to read it. Please. It's a fan from the beginning. I can't, I can't more highly recommend Homophilia as a weekly podcast. We thank you. Dave Holmes and Matt McConkie, streaming into your earbuds every week is like having a socially distant catch up with smart, funny, and pop culturally aware friends who always make me happy. I love that. I love that. It's wordy for a logline, but I love it. Uh, while not every guest is a home run, shady drew ben 71 uh i tune in for the banner between the two of them i love how they compliment each other there's no better off the cup host than dave that's very nice that generally means that i never stop talking and every now and then i nail one Um, they keep me entertained informed and enlightened and as a special bonus having them check in weekly during the pandemic has been a lifesaver thank you well thank you drew ben 71 we love you drew ben 71 you sweet 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 little baby. Yes. Sweet thing. Yeah, please uh, go on Apple Reviews because it really does help us get the word out. It uh, it gooses the algorithm in some way that uh, I don't understand. And even though he said not every guest is a home run, luckily this week is a home run and a half. Guess it's one of those where you get a home, where you get 1.5 points. Yeah. It's, you run all the, all the bases and then you run uh, halfway again. All the way back around to second base and you hang out there and then you take a little moment when you get to second base and you pose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It is Ross Matthews. You know him from The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. You know him from uh, a bajillion shows, including RuPaul's Drag Race. Of course. And by the way, uh, host of his own podcast, we should mention, called Straight Talk. Yep. Uh, His book, uh, Name Drop, that you uh, name dropped early on. Everybody should read that because Ross is a a confection of a human being. Just such a a warm sweetheart. And um, I'm so, so glad we finally got to talk to him. So enjoy Ross Matthews. Ross Matthews. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, 
Now, where where are you? We, we've got a brief tour of your beautiful home. Where, where is this? <laughs> so I'm in, uh, you know, I live in L.A. and I live in Palm Springs. And I was in Palm Springs at the beginning of quarantine. And it just made me so sad because it's my favorite place in the world. And it was so empty and sad. So I got out of there. So I'm in my backyard here in L.A. Okay. Good. Very good. Gorgeous home. Thank you. Um, I mean, I mean, 18 years in the business. Honey, I've been working hard. You've earned it. Uh <laughs> So what is quarantine lifestyle right now? What is your sort of daily routine? Um, it's tough for me. I'm a people person, you know? So I wake up, I have three, it's me and three chihuahuas. That's it. So I, I wake up early with them, like 545 and I feed them. And then I do go to Starbucks. That's my one outing during the day, but I do the drive through mm-hmm. mm. and I am all masked and gloved up and they hand me that. And then I just try to f- f- like fill the rest of the hours until I repeat it the next day. I am good with a project. So I like organize my spice rack. I painted the accent wall, my powder room. I'm trying, you know, I try that. Uh-oh. We lost you for a sec. We, you froze are you, are you just there? a tiny bit. Yeah. We, oh, we, we, you froze right when you were telling us about the spice rack, right? When we got to the good shit. Yeah. Oh, the good stuff. I'm sorry. Listen, right when, uh, spicy. My, right when my language started getting spicy, I had to cut, <laughs> cut away. No, I, so I organized the spice rack. I swept the garage and organized that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really good trying to pick up things, make things up, but you know, it's a struggle for someone like me. What about yeah, you guys? How are you? Same, same. I, uh, I knew I was an extrovert. I did not know that that was a medical condition. It's killing me <laughs> being inside. I know. Um, when you wake up in the morning, I think, how do I feel about today? I had to like take my temperature emotionally yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. You know? Same. Same. And how is today's, today's uh, emotional temperature? Today is good because I had something to do. You guys, I mean, I got to talk to you guys. That was on the calendar. So I was so excited good. and I got showered good. and everything. Oh, I love it. <laughs> We're all freshly can't say, showered. I, lo- I wish I like could say I've showered. You deserve no. a showered me, Ross. I'm sorry. I just was doing other stuff you can pull this off we have to i will take i'll tell you this we have taken to sitting in the front yard like old people at Mm -hmm. 5 p.m Mm -hmm. on the nose with uh with a cocktail with a beer Mm -hmm. something just sitting in the front yard with the dog tied to a a dumbbell yeah so he doesn't run off just waving to people as they go by that's not bad that's a good idea it's actually really nourishing and great I recommend maybe that. I'll maybe I could call a friend over, say stay six feet away from me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Put yeah. a lawn chair out there and just wave at neighbors. We'll put a mask on and just wave. That's and exactly do you right. without obviously we don't want to give anything away for your security purposes? But do but, you live in a? Are, is there enough foot traffic that you oh, will yeah. see some? Okay. Yeah, good. I live on a really nice walkable street, so I will certainly see people go by. Now, because I, I walk every day, I walk three and a half miles. You think how fat I'd be if I didn't? But I love walking. Awesome. I feel like Belle in Beauty and the Beast. I good, good day, bonjour <laughs> to all my neighbors around. The, and I still, even in Corona, I do it. So, um, oh, I would love to. I would love to see. That's a great idea. Thank you. It's I the best like part of be, being in quarantine in uh, Southern California or with their son. Like, at least I get to go outside, you know. So I lay on the right. deck with the dogs all day long. You have to find the little pleasures. I think. Yeah, exactly right. Were you here for the rains? The rains made everything especially gothic. Yes, and I but I felt really crappy complaining about it because you know <laughs> I grew up in Washington State, so we know rain, and I know that like seventy yeah. percent of the country is is dealing with that or rain or worse. So I, I didn't complain. Right. 
What are you consuming uh, pop culture wise at the moment? What have you seen anything or heard anything that you've really loved lately, or what are you yeah, binging? I- I mean, there's like tough calls, you know, there's so much to watch. People always tell me, oh, you got to watch this one. If I'm not, if I'm not choosing to watch it by now, it's not going to happen. It just doesn't appeal to me. Um, but there's so much, I just started this new show called Too, Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. I've really found oh, yeah. that my taste has um, matured into the worst taste possible. <laughs> I, I want really crappy content. Sure, I want sure, a 90 sure. day fiance, um, right? I want yes. love oh, is yeah. blind. And Too Hot to Handle is right up my alley right now. It's about these really overly hyped up sex, sexual people, beautiful bodies. Who all they want is to have a you know um, an f fest, and um, they go to this island where they think it's just going to be you know holes twenty four seven, and then they're told the the challenge is no kissing, no sex, and every time they do something, there's a hundred thousand dollar pot they could win. If they kiss money's taken out three grand's taken out. If they have sex, a lot more than that's taken out. And so they're all like mad at it. So those two kiss now the whole group's mad at them and it's really bad. And I love wow. it. That sounds delightful. Yeah. When it's right I was, about my level right now. That is, that's probably, that's kind of my taste level normally. And I like you, I, has, it's only sort of gotten worse during quarantine, yeah. mm-hmm. but um, I wasn't that interested because I was like a little bit sort of maxed out with hetero sex stories. But yes. somebody told me that there is a maybe a bi character. There's there there's girls that uh, I'm only did episode two episodes. There's girls that kiss. Spoiler alert. That was my problem with um, is Lo- Love is Blind. Not the um, how hetero it was. I mean, that's just the world we live in. I mean, I, of yeah. course, I want a show yeah. like this for gay people. But I hated that that show, you know, when the that show was all about people falling in love in a pod where they couldn't see each other, you know? And then the pod lifts and, oh my God, I love your personality while I love you physically. But they were all hot. They were all models. So what a stretch, right? Like, oh, wow, I fell in love with your personality. Oh, and you're a model. Isn't that great? No, I want that thing to come up and have somebody be a real monster, you know? And you have to be like, oh my God, but I love you. That's a real show. That's a story. Now, if there were a, let's say, celebrity LGBTQ love is blind type show would you consider it no no <laughs> no <laughs> no i want i like to date the old school way the way the pilgrims did it at gay bars that's what i like to do i like to like see somebody make an eye contact approach say hi and do that all right we'll circle but we're going to do a whole deep dive into your your dating yeah. life but when Somebody, the first person to tell me about uh, um, Too Hot to Handle said uh, that they, that it was just like 20 sex addicts on an island. And I took that, I was like, oh yeah, they actually found like, Mm. like they went, they talked to a psychologist. Yeah. And put like actual sex addicts. But can I tell you, now I realize. Essentially they they did though. I mean, I don't know that these people are being diagnosed, but they should be. Right. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. They're extremely horny, no matter what. Yeah. That we well, know. they can't even masturbate. That's one of the rules. And there's really? like, yeah, and there's like an Alexa pod in the house that talks to them. That's the host, if you will, who's like, gather on the patio. And then they tell them like, there's been a violation. Two people kissed. And it's like a, it looks like a Zumba or like a, not a Zumba, a Roomba, like a little vacuum, like a little cone uh-huh. thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. But so are they being wow. watched in the bathroom? And there, there's there's no privacy. I'm there's cameras everywhere. They don't show bathrooms, but um, it really is like, you know how we pictured like flying cars and stuff? We didn't get that, but we did get too hot to handle. 
Right. Yeah. Wow. It is the, the is dating the show of 2020. Right. What is, um, <laughs> you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. I'll answer anything. I don't care. Okay. Are, are, is the time of quarantine making you have a crush on every, everyone? Um, so, I mean, okay, here's the deal. I went for a good part of my life. Uh, well, sex has never been a huge part of my life until uh-huh. like recently. I, I, I always yeah. joke that like, I have, I'm, I, I like sex both times I had it. I really enjoyed it, but I did it like, it wasn't like a huge thing. And so I, I, I don't know. It was like, now that I've been 40 and single for a couple of years, I have been, you know, enjoying that part of my life more. Um, uh-huh. But I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm not like drooling everywhere. I'm good. You know, I'm just kind of no, like. You're saying, Dave, that for you, that that's been the experience. It is just horn springtime in the jungle in my life. When I, when I get out on my bike or go for a run, I'm like, everyone I see, I'm like, this, that is the hottest man I've ever seen. And then I, and then I take a second look and it's like, no, it's just a person. It's just, I Understood. just, I haven't seen a person in 36 hours. <laughs> Aside from my boyfriend who I, I, I've been taking for granted. And are you quarantined but, together? You and your boyfriend? We are. We are. Oh God, I'm jealous. I do. That's I just nice. kind of think what I forget what human touch is like. That's why it's been so long. I don't remember. So I don't even miss it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd love to talk about drag race, obviously. Uh, By the way, I just could... heard that sentence that I said, and that's the saddest <laughs> thing that anyone's ever said. It's been so long since human touch that I just yeah. forgot it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I just accepted it. I was like, yep, that makes sense. That's the world we'll we're going to get into. It. Oh, we'll go on. Oh, oh, there's a we're t-shirt. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, drag race. Mm-hmm. Um, who is going to win? Yeah. Just kidding. Just real quick. I'm sorry. You cut out. <laughs> I... <laughs> Um, what I I guess my question for you is because the show has sort of created this industry that wasn't there before and it, and now we're in season 12, 12, 12, uh, Jesus, it's becoming such a crowded landscape. So how do you think, what do you think Queens need to do now to really stand out? Well, a crowded landscape. I, I would say there are more drag queens now than any point in history, right? And I think that, you know, you, there was a moment there when I thought, God, are we just going to run out of queens, you know? But what happened is this. These queens now on our show in season 12 were 10 when the show came on in 2000, you know, 10. They, they right? So they're in their early 20s. They grew up on the show. They've been inspired by the show. They've been watching this show since they were cognitive, you know? So it's almost like they are, they're showing us what a world would be like if we got to skip that part as gay kids of, am I worth it? Will I be okay? Because they've known since early on that they would be. So I think they're better than ever because you know, the earlier queens were tr- blazing the trail, figuring it out as they went. These queens have such an advantage to be creative. And so that's why I think, I, I think that they're so good this season. Oh, we had Carson on the other day and he told us everything. So we're, we yeah. already Oh, he did. Oh, good. You're covered. covered. Okay, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> How great is Carson, by the way? Isn't he the best? It's so much fun. What a dream. He's so sweet and he's so, and he's just like that in real life too, you know? Yeah. Um, just easy. Yeah. In a smart cable knit sweater, even in quarantine. <laughs> Love it. That has been one of the real upsides of of quarantine for us is, the, is people like you and Carson who are, are sometimes too busy to like, you know, 
do a podcast, understandably, are a little more available. So we've gotten to have really cool conversations. It's so smart that you're doing that. I see so many people reaching out. Like Nina West has a podcast and she's interviewing like Glenn Close. She's interviewing crazy people on her podcast. And I think it's just because she took the time to reach out, you know, and she's, yeah. She has the time to do it and everyone has the time to do it. And, and honestly, when you're a creative person, I, I don't think we do well with um, being stagnant, you know? So really, when I tell you that this, I was looking forward to this since it was booked, I, I mean, it was like something to do, a, a window into the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. Happy um, to help. Thank you. Dave? Oh, I was just going to ask, uh, what is, uh, what are you listening to? What are we searching for on our Spotify? Well, I use it. Uh, I, there's this uh, function on uh, Apple Music where it says for you. And I was always like, you don't know me. And then I mm-hmm. played it once. And it really, she really does. She Guess really what? does. Yeah. So, what? yeah. They so, it'll it. be, she knows it's like they take the songs I listen to and sort of mash it together. And so, it'll be anything from like uh, Beyonce to a Broadway thing to um, a Damien Rice moment. And I, it's like, I don't even know that I needed that. So, I just put that on in my walks and just have her take me for a spin. That's scary, Who is your- it is scary, but I just push next on my watch. It's like next. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Who is your sort of all-time music diva? If you if you had to pick one, all-time music diva. If I, um, hmm. I mean, this is not going to be who I listen to all the time, but who I think is like the best diva on stage. Of course, it's going to be a Beyonce. A Celine Dion is so powerful. When you see her perform, like she is just made to be there. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know yeah. from reading Name Drop that you were not always a Celine gay. I was not. I love that you read this. No, I didn't get it. When I was a kid, I was like, why is she just always hitting her chest? She needs to like chill that out. What is that about? You know, she's to calm down. I don't get who this is. Yeah. And then I, um, I went to the Rose Bowl for like a Wango Tango where they have the radio station invites everybody. And when Celine Dion came on, I was like, okay. It was like Kelly Clarkson, um, Jessica Simpson, blah, blah, blah. Kelly, uh, Celine Dion comes on and I'm like, oh, I, I'm going to go get a churro. And then she opened that mouth and I went ballistic. I, I, it's like, I didn't know. Yeah, we experienced it not, not too long ago. Uh, Dave and I went to a, what, a release party. What was that? that we- yeah, it was like a tour and album announcement Flash show uh, for courage yeah. for the album courage for courage for yeah. courage. I called it courage because <laughs> a, a person needs to have courage. Understood. Or it was amazing. She she is underrated as a comedy uh, personality. That's right. There was a short She's, film beforehand where she played various characters. I think. <laughs> Well, that's one of the things I like about her is it's just so awkward. You know, yes, when she yeah, tries yes. to talk to the audience, it kind of doesn't yeah. go anywhere. And it's just yeah. her cadence is weird. And that's great it's, to watch. It's but so she's weird. unflappable and she doesn't get in her head about it. So it's just yeah. so fun to watch. I yeah. Like if I, if I talked to the audience, and it was just dead quiet. I would be nervous that it wasn't funny. But she's yeah. just, she she's, she just is what is she is. Yeah, I know we had a one second sound glitch at the beginning of this interview and I was ready to burst yeah, into tears. Thrown off, but, um, <laughs> she, uh, go back and watch the video for where does my heart beat now? Gladly. Because she just like, she emphasizes the just uh-huh. all of the wrong yeah. words and syllables. It's yeah. amazing. Like she is clearly doing it phonetically and it's, it's a joy. I wish that she would have had like delusions of acting, like a Mariah oh, Glitter yes. moment, and we could have had that sort of crossroads thing. Well, that would have I been mean, a fun. She's it could still, still happen. Yeah, <laughs> it still happened. Celine Dion in Crossroads too. 
Okay. Oh. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. She um, can be the matriarch on a on a you know a, a nighttime soap. Sign me up. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I know the story that everyone is asking you about. Um, there are so many great stories in Name Drop, but uh, one that's getting a lot of attention is the Barbara, your Barbara Walters experience, and <laughs> people have to read it to get the full um, story. So I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it is truly bone chilling. Mm -hmm. Um, what you went through. And so uh, just to wet people's whistles, uh, Mm -hmm. what can you say about that? Well, I mean, okay. So I love her still love present tense love. I wrote a college, uh, a paper on her in college because I just thought here's this broadcaster with this unique voice, you know, and she's been the best of the best of the best. And I thought, well, I want to be a broadcaster and I have a weird voice, but if she can do it, maybe I can do it. So I, I just always felt this like cosmic connection with her and, and then when I met her, I got to go on The View in the early days. I was really young, probably 24, 25. I've just been on TV a few years. And um, she, was, she was so nice to me. Like, it was really funny. And she said, oh, Ross should come back and co-host one day. And I was it's like when they were looking for co-hosts. And I was like, are you nuts? Of course. So a month goes by. And I, am, I live in a world where not only do I get to go on The View, but Barbara Walters adores me. Right. And I'm on my way to being her protege. <laughs> okay. And um, so then I get there and it doesn't go as planned. And I, she doesn't really, and she wasn't like, she wasn't gone. She was, you know, at the top of her game, she was 77, but she was running that ship, that show. Mm-hmm. She was running it. Um, she was not kind. She didn't remember me. She didn't know why I was there, who I was. And she had wanted no part of me. And she made it very clear. And, um, she was really rude behind the scenes, and then she was rude. We had brought the camera, the Tonight Show camera, and, and she was, I'll just say this, uh, this was rolling, our, and we showed this on our Tonight Show pieces. They were counting down 10, 9, 8, 7 to go live and co-host The View. I, I tried to get her on my side. I'm just a young kid, so I turned and I said, Barbara, any last-minute words of wisdom? And she was looking at her cards, and she said, I'd like to tell you and go out there and be yourself, but I hope you won't. And then they're like, three, two, Jesus. And you know, I know she said that it's because we filmed it and we aired yeah. it on the tonight show. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and that was just what people saw. So it was, it was oh. tough, but you know what? I did go out there and it wasn't the best hour of broadcasting ever, but I got through it. And I really just thought people don't care what happened to you backstage. People just want to be entertained. Rush just go. And because of Barbara Walters, I truly feel like nothing, nothing flaps me now. I've been on live TV now for almost 20 years. Like I said, and it's moments like that having to fight through things like that, that make, make me, made me unflappable. So in, you know, you have to come to peace with things. You have to find the silver lining. That's what I found yeah. in my experience with Barbara. And for that, I'm grateful. You've Ooh. never been able to, uh, you've had to sort of have find closure to that on your own. And you've also yeah. never really gotten answers. And I don't think you ever will from her necessarily, but do you, do you have like a theory as to? Yes. Yeah. My theory is this. My theory is that it was Wednesday in Barbara Walters' like 55-year career. And she was just like, I have a show to do. And then this, who is this? What? I don't know. What is it? And I just think she just was like, she probably had 9 million other things, specials to film that day. And I just was, you know, a, just a pebble on the street of yeah. her life. It was, it was, but for me, it, I was on, you know, it was a big thing for me. And for her, it was just a moment. So it's, it was a reminder too to always be kind. You know, now when I'm on the set and, you know, people win things and they get to come to the set and they do that. I, I try to be just so nice to everybody because 
they'll remember that for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever ever had a moment where you you caught yourself and you were and you realized, oh, I'm I'm about to be the Barbara Walters to this person. Let me no. remind myself to be kind. No, no, I'm not better than anybody, but that's just not my nature. No, yeah, <laughs> I would never treat somebody like that. No, yeah, oof, <laughs> I don't see yeah. it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, she was tough. You know, she was tough. But I think she because maybe because she had to come up as a woman when she did, she had to be extra tough. You know, I try to mm-hmm. see it from that point of view, and and that I can really respect. You know, she probably really got. I don't know if you can swear on this show, but she probably oh, really yeah. got some shit thrown her way, you know? And yeah. And it, it could not have been easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about Ooh. that? Yeah. How about that? It's, I, let's, you can, let's talk. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you can read the whole story in the book if people yeah. want to read yes. it. And if oh, you want the audible more version, the story. there's a lot more to the story. And if you want the audible version, I read the book. And, and the, the book is funny. The book is not a sad book. You know, I say no celebrities are harmed in the making. The majority of the time when I meet these celebrities, they're better than I ever dreamed. There's just a few times when they broke my heart. And there's also right. a few times when I totally messed up. Mm. Right. And I will say it goes down so easy. It's certainly much better than the too hot to handles and the, the, the <laughs> things of that nature, but kind of what you're saying earlier, like it is the, the kind of thing I think people want to read right now. I hope so. You know, if you put it on the audible version or you read it, um, you can just like sort of take an edible and giggle. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best, I think it's the, the cure right now. I have a, a white claw and, and chuckle. Have that little white claw. What's your flavor? Uh, I only had White Claw once, and it was good, but it's not my thing. I like a like a like a Fresca vodka. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. good. That's uh, also uh, zero cal, right? Yeah, it it's, not, it's not cal? helping. But yeah, uh, I or I do a diet ginger ale. That's what I did yesterday. A mm. diet ginger ale vodka, which was good. I mean, all the aspartame. I'm going to grow a tail, but whatever. <laughs> let's let's talk about those uh, the early years. In, uh, okay. in the Pacific Northwest, uh, what was what was your what were your teenage years like? Well, I grew up in a farm town, um, Mount Vernon, Washington, and it was you know uh, simultaneously great and tough. I mean, there was nobody like me, and uh, there was certainly nobody gay, and there was nobody gay on television. There was no so. Although I had a you know really loving family, it was it, I did I did feel like the oddball the you know, one of these things is not like the other. I did feel like that, but I, I was also just kind of really creative and my, I've always been plucky. So nothing got me down and I just sort of created. Mm-hmm. You dedicate the book to the, um, I, I, I'm going to mess it up, but to all the, the people who were never got to sit at the cool kids table. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I say, I say, uh, to name drop, this is dedicated to all the kids who never got to sit in the cool kids table at the cafeteria. You can sit at mine anytime, but you have to share your tater tots. And the reason I did that is because everyone remembers that feeling in the high school cafeteria when you'd walk in and you're like, oh my God, where do I sit? Where do I, where's the, you know, the cool kids are over there. And you, I just, I think most people can relate to that feeling. And that's what it felt like when I first got to Hollywood. I just felt like it was the, the high school cafeteria and I didn't know where to sit. And I had no, I, I couldn't sit over there. I mean, I had made it into the cafeteria. That was hard, but there was nowhere for me to be where I felt comfortable, you know? And so that's the only way I could describe how it felt. Yeah. So what was your table in high school? Who, who was your crew? <laughs> My friends and I would, my friends who I created, my mom worked at the high school, so we would go into her office (laughs) and eat at the lunch. But we we always laughed, you know, I had a bunch of friends and I wasn't some outcast, but I don't know. I just like, I don't know. 
they weren't for me. Yeah. And what was your awareness of being gay back? I mean, for yourself back then? Well, I mean, I, I knew I couldn't, I, I didn't know what a gay grown up looked like. So I didn't know what that meant. I knew that I would liked, you know, they're like boys, but I didn't know what that life meant because I couldn't see a gay grown up. I'd never seen a gay grown up and there weren't any on, like I said, on television. So I didn't know what kind of life that meant. So I just sort of shut up about it. You know, of course I was flamboyant. I was me, but it's not like I ever made a pass at a boy or tried to kiss a boy or something like, no, 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 no. But, um, it was uh, later when I just sort of, kind of college is when I, I mean, I was already out, but college is when I sort of felt free. Who was the foundational Ross Matthews gay crush? Aladdin. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. You remember? Wow. He had his like vest sure. open and that oh, yeah. match carpet. And I remember I went, oh, yeah. uh, I was on a date. He took with- you to a whole new world. Yeah, he did. I'll take him to a world ride that carpet. But he, um, I went with my girlfriend, Amy at the time. It was a fake. I don't know. You know, she asked me out. I was like, okay. And so my first kiss was at Aladdin and I was kind of like, she was kissing me. I was like, get out of the way. (laughs) And that's always kind of been my type. Yeah. Did you see the live action? I had no interest. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. I don't like it when they redo a movie. Let me tell you. Yeah. They don't need, you know what? Make another movie. Let's let's all get together and come up with a new idea. How about they already made that movie? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. We have rebooted enough things. Enough. Let's, let's all, we're a a smart, creative generation. We can come up with our own ideas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So what was, would you, when you get to LA and you are the new kid in the cafeteria and you're still trying to find your way and and this is like pre tonight show what was your dating life like oh non-existent so i didn't date in college um i had like that straight roommate who we were like you know we not sexual but like very <laughs> then he came he came out after uh, college but we never did anything sexual so it wasn't really part of my thing and then my my early 20s I was on I got on tv right and during college and so then I was just really focused oh, right. and I kind of felt like not, not really a sexual person I felt like you know uh when you when you go from the dorm to like suddenly everybody knows who you are it's like it's almost like they should teach like a a famous class, you know, you, you, where you are, who you are, your self-worth, are you a human? Are you, it's really bizarre. I can't explain it, but like, I just felt like, okay, I'm going to be this kind of clown thing. And then that's what I am. And that person's not sexual. And I just worked, I just traveled and I worked and I just nonstop, but it, you know, and this is before grinder and this before anything. So I just did it. And then when I was 28, I met somebody and then we were in a relationship for 10 years. And now I've been single for two years and I'm finding that dating now is, is really great because like, I've never been this confident. I've never been this sure of who I am. And I, and I feel like I've never been this interesting. I just have lived a lot and learned a lot. And, and I think that that's what it takes to date. Well, you have to be interested, you have to be interesting and you have to be confident. So how are, how how are you meeting people? I meet people in every which way. Um, I tried the online thing, uh, but I got Mm -hmm. kicked off grinder for impersonating a famous person. Sure. Uh, to which I wrote back, if you think, if like, if I was going to impersonate a famous person, don't you think I'd pick someone other than Ross Matthews? No <laughs> offense to me, but like, I could do better. So I, um, that was no good for me. So I, you know, I date people like, um, I meet people. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not afraid to say hi. And I, you know, I'm personable and all that. 
Mm-hmm. And how do you gauge people who just want to talk to you because you're famous or do you? I, you figure it out in 10 seconds. Yeah. Less than that. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you just know. You just know. Mm-hmm. What about I'm Raya? Has Raya, has Raya entered your life? I have so many celebrity friends on Raya and they tell me all the celebrity people who are on Raya and I want to do it. I just haven't. Isn't that weird? I'm afraid they'll say no, that you can't get on because they have to approve you. So I right. don't want that rejection. Oh, you'll be approved. Trust me, based on the people that I know who are on there. You're good. Really? Oh, do you yeah. think I should do it? If, if I, 100%. Absolutely. Well, it's sort of pointless to be doing it now because you can't meet up with anybody. So maybe when this quarantine's over, if, I, if I'm single, because maybe well, I'm seeing I disagree. I think now is the best time because then you, that's just a way to kick off the communication and get to know someone. You it know is like doing. love is blind dating. I'm doing love is blind you're doing too hot to handle. You're, you're That's having conversations where you cannot touch the other person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically, there, there's actually a dating show in this probably <laughs> that we should get together and develop and pitch. Probably if I wasn't so focused on nothing else, I would, I would do that. Yeah. I create that. What, what is life life when you are in Palm Springs? Because it, it is kind of a small town. And yeah. when you go out, you see the same people over and over again. Yeah. And you are kind of this unofficial mayor there. Mm-hmm. I, and I will hold that, that title proudly. You know, I, I will run for mayor 2032, 2038. Uh, I have a star on the Walk of Fame in Palm Springs. And the first time I went there, Donald Trump brought me there to judge Miss Teen USA. And I oh, pulled in and I was like, it was 2002. And I was like, this is the mothership. This, where am I? I mean, everyone's old, everyone's gay, everyone's gay and old, or they're all on vacation. It's the happiest place in the world. Mineral waters bubbling up. There's something special going on. So I've had a house there now for what, 15 years or something. And it is, I feel like it's my home. And it really is such a small little town. And there are the regular people you see all the time. But what I love about it, and I live right in the center of town. I mean, I can walk one block to the casino, one block to the strip of the gay bars. It's amazing. And what I love about it is not only do you see that the people who have chosen to be there and they're happy people because they've chosen to live there, but there are people visiting. It's endless, constant loop of new people there that are excited yeah. to be there. So it's just everyone's happy. It's the it's best like place boat. in the world. It is. It's amazing. Please come if you've never been to Palm Springs. Come. Su- oh. I'm on the Chamber of Commerce. Come support our city, especially when this is all over. We're going to need it. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay. Are you, are you, are you a hunters? Are you a spur line? Are you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a chill? Mm-hmm. I'm all of the above. Oh, now these great. are, these are gay bars along the strip. I'm also a tool shed in the South end sometimes. <laughs> I, love that tool I didn't shed. even know that one. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. There's and then barracks. I've been once. No, uh, God bless oh, I barracks. I don't even know about the barracks. Barracks is like a leather bar. I walked in. I was like, okay. okay. So, um, yep. but I, what I love about the Palm Springs is like about four o'clock is when things really pick up. You know, you go out there, you have a cocktail, then you have an early dinner. So I will do a Hunter's for Dart where I do a vodka and a Sprite Zero. If I go to a mm-hmm. Black Book across the street, all in Arenas Road here, Black yeah. Book, um, you can get a, I would do a, like a Don Julio Blanco and soda with lime, but they mm-hmm. have nachos that, you know how nachos are built and then the, all the stuff is on the top and you get down to the ne- next layer of chips and they're just chips? Yeah. Black Book has put them on a cookie sheet. And so every chip is covered with toppings. You understand me? I've never even thought to order food at Black Book. The food is delicious. And then I go to uh, I go to Stacy's Piano Bar when they have live music. And then I do quads on Friday, Saturday, and Monday. They have show tunes at eight. I mean, I'm basically giving you. And of course, Chill has bingo um, eleven to two on Saturdays. 
I had no oh. idea. I had no I idea. To, I'll give you the whole. And Black Book has video poker, also, right? But oh, of course. Uh, wait, do they have video poker? Poker at Black Book? I don't think they do. Do they? I thought there, there was gambling somewhere. I thought. Well, there's the casino gambling right. at the casino, which is right I there. Like and then also, you know, my brunch, my my bubbly drag brunch, is every single Sunday at Moxie's in Palm Springs. Oh, I love this. God. This I can't wait years. to get back. I know. I miss it. I miss normal life. I miss happy hour. I miss yeah. meeting strange. I miss, you know, people hug me all the time. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. Like, Ross, hi. And they hug me. I miss that. I miss like meeting a stranger. And oh, I know that sounds so Pollyanna, but I do. I get it. We're, we're yeah. all right there with you. Sorry, I'm outside and there's um a plane or something going over. And by the there's way, I have to tell you, and we love my, my, dedication to you guys is so strong as we were talking earlier a bird flew in my house and was like all around my kitchen and then finally made its way out and i didn't even pull my attention from you but i was watching this we bird would never like, have known. well it's what nothing ruffles my feathers <laughs> <laughs> um ross when you you went through a, a significant breakup as you mentioned a couple years ago 10 yeah. years is is a really long time what was your bounce back method and did it involve therapy is there like a spiritual practice in your life it was so yeah we were in a relationship salvador and i for 10 years and we're still great friends you know we we ended that relationship and if we had to do the work to maintain a friendship and a deep friendship and so we're really really good i just talked to him the other day and when i was on tour with the book he actually stayed and watched the dogs at my house um my process was uh, I felt like I really processed it before it happened. You know, it was one of those things you could see coming. So that I was sad about that for a long time. And then when it was done, it was like the new normal. It was like getting a new pair of shoes, you know, and there were a lot of calluses and there were a lot, a lot of blisters and pain and everything. Um, and then I, I kind of got into something really quickly and that was fine. And, but that ended. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but that was nice. It was almost like just jumping in the pool. And then I've just spent sort of some time really just dating and learning about myself and realizing like, oh, that's not a quality that is appealing to me. Or I think I need more of this. And I, it's, you know, like um, in a very superficial kind of way, it's like window shopping, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. I have the luxury of really sort of uh, knowing what, what I want. And uh, I think so many people get stuck and in early relationships and then they, I don't know if they have kids or they have something or they have circumstance or whatever, they can never get not picky is the word selective. And, and I think now that I, I, I know myself so well at this age, I know what my shortcomings are. I know what my strengths are that I can, um, I can find the thing that's going to stick around for a long time. I hope. And for listeners who want to slide into your DMS, <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for? What are the qualifiers? Um, funny. People got to be funny. I don't know. That's most important. Funny and kind. Kind is good. The Salvador was funny. He's kind, you know. Um, that's important. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Like, uh, do something that you come home at the end of the day and that I, that's riveting. Tell me about it. Have an interesting thought, you know? What about, uh, what about children? I always thought I wanted a kid. I always did, you know, and I always known that I've had kids by the time I, I, I would have them by the time I'm 35 and uh, I'll be 41 in September. So I don't know that that's happening. I don't know. It would have to be a real fast forward thing. I think. Yeah. In the meantime, you got those three babies. Keeping you I know. Do you guys have kids? No kids. One dog. 
Same. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to look. Do you? I don't know. I feel like will I regret it when I look back that I didn't experience that? Do I not? Do I know? Maybe I don't even know what I don't even know. You know that right. like about how powerful it is. But then I have a friend um, who has kids, and he was like, "Don't do it. Don't don't do it." Yeah. But they're I teen girls, so I think they're really rough right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it doesn't burn inside of you, then it's kind of not worth pursuing. Yeah. You know, I, and I think friend, friends who do so much, yes, and you have to do so much in normal life. And I think friends who have small kids, especially right now, are probably going to you know scare you off from it if you talk to them about their experience. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. revisit but, the idea after. I know. Mm-hmm. I just picture like you know old and Thanksgiving, and my thirty year old comes home with their you know husband or something, and I'm yeah. like, oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, but it and then I just be. think, but I'd rather spend that money and, you know, go to Thailand and go <laughs> go to yeah Iceland and go every travel everywhere. Mm-hmm. And what is the there thing is that you're, always the possibility of the Punky Brewster moment? You know, thank yeah. you. You know, or the baby boom moment where I get a call, lot. my you know distant relative has left left me their baby in the will, and I'm like Diane Keaton, like, oh, what am right. I gonna do? Right, these things yeah. frequently happen, so leave yourself open to that experience. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. 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 And who knows if you maybe have fathered a child that you haven't, you know, the, the 10 year old's going to show up on your door. Yeah. That's probably happened. <laughs> Very yeah. possible. Yeah. What, what is the thing you're most excited to do when this is all over? Um, I'm excited to see my mom. That's what I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm excited to, um, <coughs> excuse me, to uh, just uh, to have a lazy day in Palm Springs. You know, I want to, just walk and wave. That's what I want. I just want to feel back to normal. I think it's uh, everything we've sort of taken for granted a little bit. Like, I don't know that we'll ever take for granted again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think? Why am I Ross, coughing? Yeah. Now I'm nervous. Are you guys sick? No. What did you give me? Is, oh, can God. I get this from zoom? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> we don't know. We're all healthy. We're, We're all safe. Stay yeah, that man. way. Good. We're good. Good. Well, I feel like I, next time, I wish I was in the same studio as you. You know, this is oh, so nice to connect, but it's always so much better to be like together, you know? Well, so we'll Look, do it. In, in, the, in the new world, we'll do it. Okay. Anytime you want, I'm yours. All right. Thank Great. you so much. Rush, in the meantime, so this much. was everything we needed. I mean, oh, you're, you're such a dream guest and uh, we just adore and you. Just, Thank you for doing yeah, it. And just before you go, the final four are. <laughs> Great Queens. <laughs> okay. uh, that was beautifully hey, done. Thank you. And uh, can I just implore people to check out my podcast? It's called Straight Talk with Ross. I've been doing it for five years now. So it's 320 episodes or something. And it's a real mess, but it's fun. So check that out. Okay. Straight Talk with Ross. Yes, absolutely. Ross. Okay. Thank, thank you, you Ross. Ross. You and too. I'm you, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Hit that front lawn. You'll be glad you did. You know what? I'm actually going to take you up on it. Do Absolutely it. Absolutely do it. Okay. Do it. All right. Deal. Thanks, guys. Thanks.